Welcome back to me channel. Okay, I I'm going to change into something a little more comfortable than this. Alright, welcome back. Um, let's see, today I think we're going to talk about Steed Bonnet. Steed Bonnet does not get enough respect as a pirate in my opinion. This may be one of the best pirate stories in existence from the golden era. If you've never heard of Steed Bonnet before, that's okay. I hadn't either until a few weeks ago. So I'm going to quickly run through it before sharing some of my own thoughts and lessons that I've learned from studying this guy. Side note, I greatly appreciate all of the actual historians who have spent so much time and effort into delivering us books, podcasts, and videos on these subjects. It's an addiction. You need some help. But we're all in the same boat, I guess. Same boat, LOL. Um, thanks. Born in 1688, grandfather was one of the first English settlers in Barbados, where he hacked a machete around like Indiana Jones until he had amassed a 400-acre sugar plantation, making this a very wealthy family at the time. Steed was orphaned around six years of age, where he and his inheritance are cared for by a friend or a relative of the family until he can take over as a teenager. Married to Mary Allenby in 1709, had four children, one of which died at birth. Steed's unhappy being married, and he was miserable. He says she nags him too much. At some point, he's given the rank of major in the Barbados militia, which apparently didn't really mean anything other than to help inflate his ego. 1717, he decides to become a pirate. No one really knows why. They just think he's crazy. He secretly commissions a 10-gun sloop named the Revenge to be built. Can't let the old lady know about this one. And hires about 70 to 100 men. With a library of books in his quarters and no maritime experience, he goes out, captures a few ships, until he runs across a Spanish man of war. The encounter damages the ship, and Steed is apparently injured in the process. He makes his way back to Nassau, where he meets Blackbeard. Lucky or unlucky, depending on who you ask, Blackbeard has recently parted ways with his mentor, Benjamin Hornigold, and has no ship. And with Bonnet being injured, he asks Blackbeard to pilot his ship until he is better. They then go out capturing more ships until Blackbeard gets La Concorde, a French slave ship, now minus the slaves and the French crew, except for a few former slaves, now pirates, and has refitted the ship to his liking, complete with about 40 guns, and has renamed it to Queen Anne's Revenge. Here I should point out that around this time, King George has issued the proclamation for suppressing pirates, and offered a pardon for acts of piracy committed before January 5th, 1718. Now, of course, there are a couple of different versions of how this all plays out, but basically, Blackbeard takes over command of Steed's ship, placing someone else as captain, and makes Steed into a guest or a prisoner uh, on the Queen Anne. They run up and down the coast of America capturing ships and doing what pirates do, including the infamous one week long blockade of Charleston, South Carolina, called Charlestown at the time. So Blackbeard is doing his thing, capturing and plundering ships while Steve pretty much sits around reading his books and occasionally walking around on the deck of the ship in his nightgown, arguing with Blackbeard apparently. 
If I were able to make a movie, it would probably be about these two. I think it would be hilarious. It's like an 18th century buddy cop movie. I get the sense that Blackbeard indulges Steed quite a bit, possibly while rolling his eyes in the view of the crew's amusement, while Steed goes about like Scrappy-Doo. Imagine you've been working at McDonald's and you've decided you wanted to be a basketball player and you somehow end up with LeBron running the team for you. Kinda lucky if you ask me. Both that Blackbeard didn't kill him on sight, even though he wasn't really known for killing anyone, and if he hadn't been brought on by Blackbeard, he was probably gonna get himself killed anyway. Now he has the opportunity to learn from the best of the best. Some of the literature likes to focus on the disagreements between the two men, however, you have to believe that during this time, old hard-headed Steed is learning more about being a pirate from Blackbeard. Though he seems to lose taste for it fairly quick as he is reported for saying that he would leave the piracy game if he could make his way to Spain or Portugal. Not wanting to return home, probably to save himself the embarrassment, but it also goes further, it just further goes to show how freaking miserable this guy was in Barbados. Most of the colonies at this point have it out for Blackbeard and pirates in general. The Virginia governor, Alexander Spotswood, as well as the South Carolina governor, Robert Johnson, are not friends to Blackbeard and the gang. But North Carolina governor Charles Eden seems to be more of an ally to Blackbeard and other pirates. In fact, North Carolina has been described as somewhat of a pirate haven around this time. I suspect this has to do with lingering effects of how these states were formed before all this happened, like how Carolina was split into two states, but I'm not going into the whole proprietary mess here. Sometime early in 1718, the Queen Anne, as well as one of Blackbeard's sloops called the Adventure, run aground in the topsail inlet of North Carolina. Steed tells Blackbeard, hey, why don't I go see if I can get that pardon from Governor Charles Eden to see if it's on the up and up, and Blackbeard's like, yeah, good idea, you could do that. Steed actually gets the pardon from the governor, who at that time was in Bath, North Carolina, and then returns, probably with a big old goofy grin until he sees Blackbeard has looted anything useful from Steed's ship, the Revenge, and used a few parts to repair his own ship and is left. Major Bonnet is now a little pissed. He gets the Revenge back in the water and finds that Blackbeard has left about 25 of the crew, give or take, stranded on a sandbar for a couple of days now with no food and no trees to make a raft. Not a good situation. So having been critical of Steve's leadership before, I'm sure they were all too happy to see him sell up that day as he swings by to pick him up. Steed has his pardon in hand and he has a plan to go to St. Thomas, another island located in the Caribbean, and take up legal privateering. But he runs into a couple of problems. Maybe the weather wasn't favorable for traveling to St. Thomas being August and therefore hurricane season and the crew needed food since Blackbeard took all of his. In any case, he begins raiding other ships again, but now he's quote-unquote trading things like rice and old ropes for pork and other things they need. He's taking what he wants, but he's leaving something so that it's not technically piracy. He's really trying, guys. He runs across someone, possibly a merchant, that tells, that says that they've recently seen Blackbeard with a small crew and tell him where to find him. His ship, the Revenge, now has meaning. You can be sure that the crew 
that Blackbeard had abandoned were all too pleased to backseat on chasing down Blackbeard. They head out, but they're not able to find him. Ironically, around this time, it is said that Blackbeard goes to Charles Eden in North Carolina to get his pardon. Steed gives up the chase, now under the alias of Captain Thomas. With his ship's new alias of the Royal James, he makes his way into the Cape Fear River in North Carolina in order to careen his leaking ship for repairs before he can presumably head for St. Thomas. When someone tips off Governor Robert Johnson that there are pirates in the area, Governor Johnson sends Colonel William Ritt, who has commissioned two armed sloops, the Henry and the Sea Nymph, to go after him. What happens next is the kind of battle that would make a hilarious movie scene. Colonel Ripp's sloops are run aground on a sandbar where they will have to sit until the tide can free them again. Upon seeing the two sloops, Steed sends some of his crew in three canoes to raid the ships, thinking maybe they're merchant vessels, until they get a little closer and realize the mistake and hastily make their way back to the Royal James. Major Bonnet makes preparations for engaging the ships in the morning and he writes a note to the governor that if the sloops are sent against him and he gets away, that he will burn and destroy all the ships coming in and out of South Carolina. The next morning, Steed, as well as Colonel Rhett's sloops, are back on the move. Steed's plan is to try to slip between them and escape, hopefully not taking too much damage in the process. Nevertheless, they all run aground again, within pistol range for about five hours, sitting still. Colonel Ritt is the first to be able to move again, and Steed and his crew end up surrendering. The pirates are brought to Charlestown, and everyone is happy to find that the pirates from the blockade have been captured. Not having a prison, the pirates are kept at a watch house under guard of the militia, and Major Bonnet is kept at the house of the town marshal, probably for being of a higher status. A couple of days later, a couple of the pirates show up and Steed is on the run again, dressed in women's clothing, but he is fairly quickly called again. On the 28th of October, 1718, Steed is brought before court where a judge Trot spends a good amount of time telling Steed that he had it made and now he's less than vermin. He had his pardon and still went out plundering and plundering ships. And it, in the process, he killed a lot of men. The, the judge goes through half of the passages in the Bible explaining to Steed that his actions will send him straight to hell. He says it can, can't be considered self-defense because he shouldn't have been out there pirating in the first place. He is sentenced to hang, and that is the end of Steed Bonnet's story. We don't know what the reason was for Steed becoming a pirate, but if I had to speculate, then my first guess would be that being a third generation landowner, Steed was a little sheltered and I'm sure he drew a lot of flack from those who had less as well as those who had more had to earn it themselves. Barbados not being a huge place probably got boring as he was growing up and keep in mind he's like 28 years old when all this happened. My imagination wants this to be some middle-aged man going through some midlife crisis and well, they didn't live that long back then, so maybe it was. It seems more like he was just tired of a life where the only respect he received was a fake forced respect. And Steed is young and he wants adventure. 
as well as name of his ship, the Revenge, he, he had a grievance with someone, possibly a political motivation, though I think he's probably just been harassed too much growing up, not really living up to the man that his grandfather may have been, losing his parents so young, living how aristocrats are supposed to live, and with an unhappy marriage, and this is him breaking free and venting years of frustration. The sea she calls, my boy. Also, if you're going to hit the open ocean in the Caribbean around 1717, you know very well if you just go out unarmed as a merchant or pleasure cruising, then you're going to be a target. You might as well be packing a few cannons and try to blend in. The pirates at this time were not really known for going after their own, so I wonder if that played into his decision a little as well. This is all speculation, but these things I would write in a script or a movie because it all just makes a lot of sense this way. I don't think he's crazy, though everyone else around did. Living his rich life where everything has been handed to him, money only solves money problems. So I've heard. If I ever find this out for sure, I will do my best to report back to you guys whether it's true or not. I think he's just had to suppress way too much for way too long. Though he clearly made a lot of mistakes as a pirate, after all, he's a noob. He's never done any of this before. I'd like to point out that his story almost completely hinges on the time that he started. 1717 was a bad time to become a pirate as the king as well as the colonies are deciding to go after these guys. They're already thinning out and there aren't many places left to go. This is partly why I believe Blackbeard had left the Bahamas and, and look, the only place he can sort of hide out is in North Carolina. Virginia and South Carolina have it out for him. They're being squeezed out of existence at the very time Steve joins the ranks. And given a few more years, he, he probably would have been become much more proficient in the craft. He had a good idea to pay his crew wages so they couldn't mutiny him off his ship. And I'm sure he, he spent some time learning from Blackbeard. I mean, this guy was like a rock star even at that time. People wonder why Blackbeard bothered to deal with Steed at all. I think the version where Steed gives him a ship to drive around is probably the right one. And Blackbeard is also an educated man. And we don't know much about his background before becoming a pirate. He may have seen a little of his younger self in him. So I'm inclined to believe he tried to take Steed under his wing like a little brother, like Benjamin Hornigold had done with him. We know Blackbeard had a lot of respect for Hornigold, even leaving with him when he was voted off his crew. Steed's wife's nagging must have rubbed off on him too much and Blackbeard just finally had enough and got fed up and, and, and topsail. So in Blackbeard's defense, Steed was going to get his pardon and Blackbeard either had his doubts that he would return at all and wasn't going to sit around waiting to find out, or what if the governor was lying about the pardon and Steed alerts the authorities to his whereabouts and he wasn't going to sit around waiting to find out. Mr. Bonnet should have sailed straight to St. Thomas when he had the chance and maybe that's what he was preparing to do. He was just very unlucky in the process, and then we wouldn't have one of the most humorous stories of the Golden Age there in the Cape Fear River with Colonel Rhett and Steed continuously running aground trying to maneuver. Say what you want about old Steedy B, that's what I call him. 
People may have thought him crazy at the time, but would he have remembered as, would he be remembered as a rich aristocrat in Barbados? No. We don't know anyone else like that. Over 300 years have passed, and, and though Steve's story is ultimately tragic, I would have to point out that he kind of succeeded as well. He rolled with one of the best of the best pirates of all of the time and is forever remembered as one of the most notorious pirates of the golden era. There are a lot of re- lessons to be learned from Steve Bonnet's story, but honestly, I think the less obvious ones are the kind that emerge in your decision-making process five years after hearing the story. So I'll just leave you with this. If you're rich and bored, do not go out pirating. Just call me up. We'll hang out. We'll be friends. It'll be great. Later on. <laughs>